Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Today, I'm joined in the studio by a red-haired, red-blooded, and, after the last round of Olympic qualifying, slightly red-faced American man. True. Scott, how are we doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I guess it is the evening. It's still bright out, which is new. Yes. Like it's staying darker, brighter, longer. That's good. It's a good feeling. My seasonal depression is slowly (laughs) fading away. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. No, but I'm doing good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Ch- your child is all well. Yep. I feel like this is, you know how Nolan kind of has his like every week kind of question. <laughs> yeah. No, like, or like, for, so for a while it was like, oh, this is the guy with the beard. Here's yeah. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> now it's going to be, this is the guy with the kid. How's yeah. your kid doing? <laughs> but it's also, got? it's also a man in law school asking yeah. you how you're doing because he wants to know because <laughs> yeah. he needs an update. Yeah. That, that's He's true. He's just I got mean, his head in the books. I mean, that's true. Yeah. And he just wants the baby update. What's new, Scott? Any <laughs> Did you <laughs> Is she reading yet? <laughs> is she re- is she reading yet? No, she's not. Uh the, I guess the only like new thing with Finley, she's kind of starting to laugh. Okay. But like not Aww. she's not quite there yet, okay. you know. Um and uh we're slowly switching to from breast milk to formula, so like uh, digestive things have been interesting. Uh, interesting. Like she like it's been she hasn't pooped in a while. Which is actually uh, normal. Like don't freak out. Huh. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. On a related note, I heard when I was a baby I didn't have much of a butt and so my poop <laughs> would just go shooting up my back. <laughs> so I basically just pooped everywhere whenever I pooped <laughs> for like a year. <laughs> So that was my that was my first year of existence. So what a what a wonderful hopefully detail. Hopefully, is better. But also joining me in the studio is another very ashamed American man, Zach. Oh, yes. How are we this evening? I'm uh, well. You know what? The U23s are sucky, but the U.S. men's national team is great. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But overall, I'm doing well. Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. How are you doing, Nolan? I'm so well. I uh, I was at the beach all week last week, so that was really yeah. Nice. You were in uh, Coronado. I was in Coronado, very uh, nice, very COVID friendly. Wearing a mask whenever I was outside within six feet of anyone, um, but mm-hmm. it was a <laughs> relaxing time. <laughs> uh, okay, very much so. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I well, didn't really do anything. Just you didn't do out. anything. I mean, I just like hung out. It was really nice. Your family's like really active. You you didn't do anything. I mean, like hung out at the beach and then like just did, did a zoom. quick twenty-five minute run yeah, and yeah. then hung out at the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a, that is kind of a quick run. Yeah, that is a quick run. To be honest, for I Nolan, actually, I mean, for we Nolan. did run. So this is kind of a long, uh, involved story, but I ran twenty miles with my sister because like total or like in one shot, like one day because like throughout the day. No, 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 oh one shot, gosh. one like one go. Are you, Are you training for something? No, but it was and which she sister? was Lisi. Okay, because. So Coronado, we've been going there since like 2006. And there's this coffee shop that our parents always take us to that it's like one-on-one time with the parents. And like for most of us, I have four siblings, just for context. Three of them, uh, there's three of us and then my sister who's kind of like the wild child. And so for like three of us, one-on-one time with mom and dad was fun. For my sister, it was always like not very fun because it was always, all right, we need to, we need to, we need to talk. How about, yeah, <laughs> yeah. get your life together. Yeah. And so... um there's this bike path right next to the coffee shop that goes like 10 miles down this like stretch to a pier. So it's like this bike path that's surrounded by the ocean and then you end up at a pier. And so she's always, she always said that she wanted to just get up and like run to the pier. And so like a month and a half ago, I told her I would run there and back with her. And so she was running and then we did it and she did good. And then she like started crying after 
17 miles <laughs> not crying but like fell trip banged up her knee but made it so wow that was pretty good wow that's Way great but you should probably run for a little more than a month and a half before doing that on an also related note <laughs> the new year's resolution show oh how's Listen. it going what was what were your, was your new year's resolution was to, to run more no it was to well uh yes but it was to not get the dad bod oh yeah that's right uh yes. so i've kind of figured out <laughs> that there's a reason the dad bod exists because it's sexy <laughs> because you can hold the baby on it no 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 it's because you literally have no time to do anything else oh, like oh, you know okay. healthy hey, shopping okay. and cooking and yeah, stuff yeah, right yeah, gotcha. so like i haven't gained weight but i feel awful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does, does that make sense like sense. i feel heavy okay. yeah but i but i haven't like put on pounds yeah. yeah but like i look in the mirror and i go that's not right you just feel something's wrong here yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the things you used to do that were active. Well, yeah, like I don't baby. have time to do. Anyway. Yeah. So okay, I got you. That's, everyone cares. Anyway. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Should let's we do get, the news? Let's get to the news. Let's hear okay. the news. So there's a few news that we realized we haven't recorded in like a like a month. In yeah. a minute, yeah. Because we did two shows like back to back and yeah. they released them. And so there's a, there's a good amount of new stuff. We're going to go through it uh, fairly quickly. First is the schedule was released a couple weeks ago, a week ago, uh, 32 games in total, I think over 28 weeks, which is a pretty condensed hmm. schedule. There are 10 midweek games, nine on Wednesday, one on Thursday, four of them are home, six are away. 10. So that's a third of the schedule is on a midweek. Hmm. And that doesn't, there's one Friday game, which is the opening uh, game, but I, that's a weekend for me. Yeah. I, I include that in my weekend. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, there is, so there's that. Out of division games, there's four. There's the Real Monarchs, which is away. There's the New York Red Bulls 2, which is home, which I assume is probably like the Red Bulls first team is probably playing like San Jose yeah. or something like that. So they just brought this. So like it's, it's not an extra flight or anything for them. Yeah. Um, uh, El Paso away and San Antonio home. El Paso and San Antonio are, are going to be good teams. Yeah. So those are, those are kind of not fun. The Monarchs, I think, will be fine. Red Bulls 2 will be fine. But I don't enjoy that we're playing San Antonio and El Paso, specifically San Antonio. Yeah. Um, and then in our division, there is Sacramento, of course, LA Galaxy 2, Las Vegas, Oakland, Phoenix, San Diego, Tacoma, and Orange County. Um, we'll have more thoughts on that next week because that's fun. Mm-hmm. And then kind of along this uh conversation of the schedule is the reality that COVID does still exist and because of that there has been a restructuring of the Open Cup to allow for some amateur teams to come in. So before uh, there was NISA and USL League One teams, there were championship teams and Major League Soccer teams. People said, hey, that's not right and it's the Open Cup and it wasn't open. So US Soccer restructured the Open Cup to allow for some amateur teams, but they had to cut some USL teams. There were eight, now there's four. So instead of each group winner and Sacramento being in the Open Cup, there are now four teams. Those four teams being the two semifinalists from the playoffs last year from the West and the two semifinalists playoffs last year from the East. That was not Sacramento. Um, so unfortunately, we are out of the Open Cup. However, with there being 10 midweek games, yeah, I'm kind of glad that we're not adding in another one, two, three midweek games potentially. So... I'm kind of not upset about it, but what do you think, Zach? How do you feel about it? No, I feel the same way. I'm I'm really not upset about it either. It's it's fun to be like you know at that at that point in the season where you finally you know get to play a earthquakes you know or a monarchs like 
Monarchs? Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. Salt yeah. Lake. Or, or Earthquakes or Salt Lake or, or LA Galaxy. MLS squad. It's like, it's cool. That game is fun, but we'll lose it. And maybe we'll win it, but then we'll lose the next one. And up until that point, we're just playing lower level teams or USL teams. And it's just another game. I've never been a huge fan of the 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 Open Cup, and with how many midweek games we have this year, I'm I'm not mad about it. Uh, not a fan of the Open Cup because they always fall on a midweek, or because you just feel like it, it's not like we don't earn like there's there's nothing there. We're not going to win the Open Cup, and it's just more games on the schedule. And what I care about is the regular season is that we win our season. So I've never been a huge fan in that regard. That one game we could play an MLS team is fun, but that's really it for me, and we usually lose it. So I don't mind this year, especially with all especially with all the midweek games. Um, so yeah, not mad. Uh, it, it should be we have ten. Did you say ten midweeks? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. So yeah, not mad about it. Uh, moving on to the next item on the news: the national teams, the the USA national teams have had some had some stuff we'll start with the men's u.s men's national team um just to kind of give you a more holistic picture since the kind of national team restart back in november when we played wales we have played six games since then uh recently northern ireland beat them 2-1 uh jamaica beat them 4-1 um in six games the u.s men's national team senior squad has 25 goals for and four goals against we're playing a BA squad ourselves. We've played B, maybe even C squads. This is still very encouraging. We're seeing great play from a lot of our soon-to-be, you know, penned-in starters for the World Cup. And they're young, and they're developing. And Eunice Musa is now on the U.S. men's national team permanently. So there's a lot of positives there. Um, and 25 goals, is it's a lot of goals. So that's cool. Um a lot of good things to see there. The U.S. women's national team also played a friendly against Sweden. 1-1 draw. Megan Rapino comes off the bench, puts in a pen. Um, they look great as ever. Uh, the U.S. U23. We'll get this out of the way quick. The U.S. U23s, they lost. They're not going to the Olympics. Cue, cue the Nolan rant. I hate <laughs> international soccer. Like, it's just the stupidest thing ever. And this was just confirmation for my theory slash fact that it is international games, international matches, national teams are the worst idea to have ever plagued the great game of soccer. Um, it's just <laughs> pointless. Like, like we just get excited about stuff that does not matter. And this is case in point. A competition that to the 99% of the average viewer on NBC matters, the Olympics, the tournament that comes around every four years of the greatest athletes on the, in the world, the United States soccer team will not be there. Yeah. That makes me mad. Like I'm getting, yep. my face is getting red. I'm so mad. <laughs> so, like, but if it doesn't matter, why are you mad? Because I, so I'm more mad about how Olympic qualifying is structured. Like this yeah, is just the a, fact a, that it's U23. An inconsistency in the international game. Like this next to the world cup should be the most heavily uh, emphasized tournament. National team tournament. For the, for the, on the, in the, in the, in international the schedule. Yeah. The fact that it's a U23 tournament, tournament is just a remnant of the olympics being this like yeah uh amateur competition which every other sport has done away with except for seemingly soccer but only in this quasi way where like u23 players who are getting paid 
millions of dollars. It, they just drawn this arbitrary age limit on who can play soccer in the Olympics. And I think that's ridiculous. And it's FIFA that's done that. It's not the Olympics that have done that. And it makes me mad because while, uh, while U23 players were getting smacked by Honduras, we had uh, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, uh, Weston McKinney playing pointless games against Jamaica and Northern Ireland where they could have been pushing the U.S. Qualifying through for the Olympics. I just, it's just stupid. Yep. It's annoying. I just want it done. Away. <laughs> yeah. Restructured. Uh, we want it restructured. On a happier note, soccer is returning to this great land, this U.S. of A. in the form of MLS this weekend, April 17th. And... The only other thing I know about my MLS is that Inter Miami currently have four DPs, which is super sketchy, and I hope they figure it out in the next five days. And that's all I have to say well, about that. It's super sketchy because the owner literally paid Blazeman Tweedy under the table to get yeah. him there. Like, it was illegal payments. Yeah. So that's why he's considered a fourth DP. And the league was like, oh, you can't do that. You have to get rid of one. Yeah. They're investigating. It, no, it happened. They yeah, said, yeah. like, you did this bad thing. Yeah. And they're basically figuring out what the punishment will be. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. Zach, there's some happier news that's happened since then. Yes. Well, kind of moving back into Sacramento Republic news. Um, A, well, he's a, he is most likely an eight, a center mid um, has been signed to the team by the name of Fatai Alashi. I believe I'm saying that right. I think it's Alashe. Alashe. We will know, find though. soon. Yeah. Find out soon. Um, he is a center mid from Columbus Crew, a MLS side. He did, however, only play 465 minutes last season, but still MLS player. Um, 124, 124 total MLS appearances. He ain't no young gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, nine goals. He is most likely going to play the eight, can play the six, I believe. Um, but I think in all likelihood he'll probably play the eight. Um, and a good signing, a good a good late signing in the off season. Um, excited to see him play. Finally, last part of the news: Rafa Diaz, our goalie, and Carlton Belmar have played for their national teams in qualifying. Rafa Diaz had one start and one clean sheet against Anguilla for the Dominican Republic, which was a Six to nothing win, I think. Who was that? <laughs> and Carlton Belmar has had two starts for Granada. Um, kind of keep an eye on those guys as the season that the USL championship season progresses because they may miss a few games early so, on. So I think probably both of them will miss at least one more one week. So maybe you know with a flight, you know, to the it might two games, maybe. Uh, two and a half, if you consider like okay, they've they've been traveling, they've been tired, so maybe they only play a half. They they sub in whatever like that. Uh, but Rafa Diaz is, I think, a little bit more interesting because the Dominican Republic right now is top of their group. So this is a little deep cut, but let me kind of just very quickly explain World Cup qualifying. So there are six groups with five teams in them, I believe. If you win your group, uh, you move on to round two, which is. The winner of Group A plays the winner of Group B. Winner of Group C plays the winner of Group D. Two-legged affair. If you win that two-legged game, then you are into what's called the octagonal, which is eight teams. So there's already five teams there. U.S., Mexico, Costa Rica, uh, Honduras. I have it right here. Hold on. Um, Jamaica and I believe that's it. Yes, U.S., Mexico, 
Honduras, Jamaica, Costa Rica, uh, those five. So those the three teams from this list of like 30 will get into that. So if the Dominican Republic wins their group, he will be gone. He, Rafa Diaz, will be gone for probably at least another week playing that that two-legged affair with uh, a team that wins from the uh, the other group that they would play. Yeah. If he wins those two games, then there's going to be even more games that he would be gone. Now, I think the likelihood of that's fairly low. Yeah. Uh, Panama is in the Dominican Republic's group. Two games played six points along with D- the Dominican Republic. They play each other the last game of this group play. So if the Dominican Republic wins, he's going to miss at least one more week. But I think Panama, better team, will probably win. Yeah. So we should be okay. However, for Rafa Diaz's sake, I mean, I think we want to see him go represent yeah. his country in more meaningful games. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. But I think, and this is kind of what we were talking about, this explains why we sign a very high-level backup goalie in Tomas Gomez. Yep. Because Rafa could miss a significant portion of the beginning of, of the season, yeah. Yeah. So just something to keep your eye on. Um, and now we're going to move into the meat of this show. Uh, we are continuing, actually wrapping up yeah. our season previews because we are only we're doing... Almost there. Well, yeah, we're almost there with the season, but we are we only have to do uh, yeah, the yeah. teams in our division, which True. is which is really fun. So mm-hmm. uh, we are wrapping that up. Uh we have kind of been doing uh, just a more succinct previews than what we would normally do. So we we give you you know just kind of where the team was at last year, uh, who they brought back, who they brought in, and maybe just a final thought, a closing thought uh, for what we think they're going to be like this year. So Nolan is going to do Orange County, uh, Zach is going to do Phoenix, and then I have the daunting task of mm. figuring out what's going on in Vegas. Yes. So uh, Nolan, I'm going to turn it over to you. Excellent. So I uh, am doing a quick summary on orange county soccer club ocsc a quick recap on their uh play in 2020 they were third in group b the so-called group of death hmm. so-called by me um with they ended with seven wins three draws six losses in 24 points just two points behind the not sd loyal but the la galaxy team. yep yeah um and ahead of them were phoenix so in a very uh dangerous group barely missed out on on the playoffs um i gave a listen to their um fan podcast to get a little bit of context on how they felt the season went and according to them who uh also interviewed a couple players on the team and their coach uh the season was kind of a disappointment they blamed uh fixture congestion as being one reason why they uh, had a lackluster showing in 2020 they also blamed uh you know the fact that Thomas Enna Volson was uh, signed with the team in 2020, but then was released by the team in 2020 to go be with his partner for the birth of their first child in July. And he couldn't come back because of COVID, blah, blah, blah. So um, they, they, they had some excuses. Some were legitimate. Thomas Enna Volson being gone. One of them was the, a fixture pileup starting with a canceled game in Sacramento, which I think was their fault because they came with positive tests. So like, I'm sorry, but you kind of, that's just the way the, the the way the cookie crumbles. But sometimes. it but it was there was a game on Saturday, and they got positive tests like on like it was like a Tuesday, and they were already here. Yeah. And then they were like they're supposed they were supposed to do contact tracing to be like okay, did that person from the other team? It wasn't Orange County that had positive tests. It was the other team was that like they played, which the I think Gal- was LA Galaxy yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. They were supposed to be like okay, who do you co-? they just didn't have time to do it basically. <laughs> yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah. But um, they were not happy about that. 
Uh, and then finally, they they felt that they did, that they had a huge problem scoring. So partly due to Innovolson being gone, partly due to injuries, partly due to um, fatigue, they could not score many goals. I think they had 17 goals for, 17 goals against, so goal difference of zero on the season. Um, and that was their main their main problem. Um, they seem to have corrected that in this off season. So they've their manager slash coach Braden Cloutier. Seems like a good guy, good coach. He's like very committed to Orange County uh, in the region. He won the West in 2018, and he's been with the team ever since. Uh, he has brought back Thomas Enavolson, who it seems like will be in the United States to play in 2021. They've uh, also signed Adam John from Atlanta United, which many Sacramentans will remember. Was he on loan or like a permanent? I think it was know. a permanent deal. Okay. Yeah, I read the press release. It was a permanent. I don't know how long though. Probably a year. Maybe two. Anyway, yeah. He's pretty good. Like he replaced Joseph oh, yeah. Martinez for 11 games when he went down with an ACL injury in 2020. So had a good season with Phoenix. He was on loan with Sacramento. Good forward. They've also signed Chris Weehan, an attacking midfielder from New Mexico. Uh, very, very good midfielder. He had 16 goals and 11 assists over two seasons with New Mexico. And then they've kept their their big defenders, their, their starting back line from 2020, which the fans, the coaches, and the players seem to be really happy with um, their performance in 2020. So it looks like they've kept their defensive solidity, added the attacking pieces they need to score goals, and I think they're going to be a really dangerous team heading into 2021 um, and scary for Sacramento to go up against. So uh, I, I guess to, just to be a little bit more like digging in deep, do you think we should be a bit more concerned about their defensive stability or their new attacking weapons. Like if we're going up against orange County this weekend, are we thinking, man, we're not going to be able to break down their defense. Or are we thinking, Ooh, you know what? We have to really be uh, watchful because they have some dangerous attackers. What, what do you think is more dangerous in your opinion? I think, I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't, I haven't seen them play much, but. Well, I, that's because it's the off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying the, one of the defenders, Rob Kiernan, he's a center back for their uh, for them last year, fan favorite, kind of seems like a warrior, like last man in defense. Uh, everyone really likes him. He was talking about how defense starts with the attack, and he felt that that was lacking last year. And so I think whether Orange County present uh, is a as a unit, as 11 players in the field, a really challenging team to break down depends on how these new attackers defend from the front. And mm. so when they lose possession... How are they, you know, pressing Sacramento? How is, you know, Chris Weehan, who I haven't seen play, how does he defend the ball, defend when uh, his team doesn't have the ball? I think, how does he communicate with the other midfielders and uh, screen the back line Mm -hmm. from the oncoming uh, attack? And so I think uh, whether what's going to make Orange County a great team and a team really that's going to be really hard to break down is how these new attacking pieces fit into the defensive structure of the team that if that makes sense yeah well and i think part of that also will be they lost aiden quinn to phoenix mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think there's there's a going to be i mean that, those are big shoes to fill um and aiden quinn obviously helped organize the team defensively but you can only do so much as like a deep lying guy offensively like people have to finish off so yeah, I agree with that. Well, Zach, I believe you are up with Phoenix. Phoenix Rising Review. So, Phoenix have been arguably the best team in the USL Championship for 
you know, the last three-ish years. At, at least the West. At, at the very least the West. And in the conversation for best team in the league. Um, Western Conference champions 2020 and 2018 could have won the league last year if it wasn't for COVID, made it to the final, um, which didn't happen. But Western Conference champs 2020-2018 um, nonetheless. And uh, first in Group B, the group of death, um, with 11 wins, two ties, and three losses in in that division, which is insane. 35 points. Um, they had 46 points for goals for, which led the league, and they were top 10 in goals against with 17. So there were 16 games. So they had 46 yeah. goals in 16 games, and only 17 goals against. In so they're averaging three-ish goals a game, huh. more than three goals a game. Their their average is a three-one win, which is insane. That's pretty annoying. Dang. Um, so to go through kind of players as as Nolan kind of did, it's kind of the same format here. Um, from top to bottom, I'm going just because it's Phoenix. You know, you got to start with the big boys. Um, on top, Solomon Asante. Rufat Dadashov return, but Flemings doesn't. Scott, what will they do? How will they cope? Cue the Santi Moore walk-up music. Santi Moore plays both left wing and right wing. Um, he played for New Mexico United in 2019. Um, he had in 38 comps, 12 goals, 8 assists. He was like on fire the yes. first half of that year and then really yeah. died out. And and 2020 he played for Phoenix as a substitute. Now, he's a player that it, I mean, yeah, yeah, towards the end of the season died out a little bit, but on pretty much any other roster in the USL, he's a starter. And last year was a super sub for them. Um in 10 10 starts in 16 total games played. He had two goals and eight assists. That includes the playoffs. He had so he appeared in every game in each of the playoff games. He had three assists in the playoffs. Okay, so there are three playoff games. So he only missed like three games throughout the regular season. Yeah, he was he and he came on for yeah Solomon Asante kind of went down and, and he came in and filled that role. Filled it great. Eight assists in ten games starts, which is insane. Um, he's very good. He fits in very well. Um, as we saw last year when, when Solomon Sante went down. Um, so that front three, I don't think is going to skip a beat. I think maybe Flemings is better than, you know, uh, um, I'm blanking Santi Moore. Santi Moore. Um, I'm literally looking at his name. <laughs> um, Flemings is better than Santi Moore. But at the end of the season, when Santi Moore had to come on for a Solomon Asante, I mean, they did not skip a beat. Like he he fit in well, played well. So I, I think that front three is going to be dangerous just the same. Um, they brought in Ivan Gutierrez, Prince Sadie. Um, they also brought in Arturo Rodriguez, which was the USL League One MVP in 2019 uh, for North Texas Soccer Club. Um, he had eight goals, 11 assists in 30 games that year. Um, so that's and that's a that's a bench player yep. who's an MVP League One, but still, I mean, that's probably going to be a pretty good sub. Um, so that front three is looking good down to the midfield. They return their three studs: John Baccaro, Baccaro, mm-hmm. um, uh, Sam Stanton, and Kevin Lambert. All return. That is one of the best midfields in the league at, at the very least. Um, and on top of that, we have a similar situation to last year. Big front three, and they bring in um, they bring in uh, Santi Moore to be a sub. Well, in the midfield, they have their big three, and they bring in Aiden Quinn, um, who will 
in, on any other roster is is a is a core pending starter. On this roster, he's gonna have to fight for minutes. Um, he's a very good midfielder. He mainly plays a six. Um, that's what he played for OC last year, as we kind of Nolan and Scott just talked about a little earlier. He had two goals, four assists, started all 16 games for OC last year. And again, probably a starter anywhere else, but he'll have to compete there. Um, so that midfield is looking stellar. Down to the fullbacks, Darnell King is back. Very good fullback. He is back. Corey Whelan, however, is not. He is gone. He is now playing League One in England. Um at Wigan Athletic, I believe is where he's at. Um, and he is going to be replaced most likely by Declan Wayne. Um, Declan Wayne is a New Zealander. He, I believe, did not play in the COVID year. I was looking. I couldn't find anything. I, I think he sat out last year. Um, but he was an MLS player for Colorado since 2017. Should be a good starter. I think it'll be hard to replace Whelan. He was very good. But he has MLS experience. Um Joey Callistry is also on the roster. Um, he was on loan at FC Tucson League One last year. He's back, uh, which would definitely be a downgrade downgrade from Whelan. Um, but Declan Wayne, I think, will probably be a good fullback for them. The center backs. So their center backs last year, their top three. So, so just real ahead. quick, Sam Stanton uh, is with Dundalk now. Sam Stanton is with Dundalk. Yes. Never. Really. Yes. Okay, well then, there you go. There's I believe Aiden an Irish Quinn. team. Re- oh, oh. Wait, is this he's, the guy? No, he's back. I think he's back. Did, like, did I get him like on loan? I, I thought he was on loan. He's coming back now. Because they were re- well, I think I think they announced on their Instagram that he's like he's back. He re-signed with them like a like a not that long ago. Wait, who are we talking about? Samuel Stanton. Sam Stanton. Sam Stanton. I feel like I feel like I saw Did we talk him. about him? Yeah. We did. He he's a he's a midfielder. He's like a eight ten type yeah. guy. Yeah. I could have sworn they re signed him. Maybe maybe they re signed him and then he went out. Huh. Um Tell you what, he ain't no Declan Rice. <laughs> he's also <laughs> For <Irish>. West Ham? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So in November, they were they um, on November thirteenth, they announced on their Instagram that he would be coming back. So maybe he they re-signed him and then loaned him out. I think they might have re-signed him and then he got an offer from like yeah. class the Irish okay. whatever, and he's like, "Can I leave?" Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go to that farce. <laughs> Phoenix came to hold down your own players. You announced. Let's go. Well then, there you go. There's there's Aiden Quinn, um, <laughs> which is not going to be any any sort of drop off. Aiden Quinn is an incredible player. Um, uh, so okay, so returning back to the last uh, um, position group, the center backs last year for Phoenix, their top three were Joe Farrell, AJ Cochran, and Damian Lowe. So Joe Farrell is back, but AJ Cochran and Damian Lowe are both gone. However, they replaced them with Toby. Adewale, I believe. I feel like that's his name. Adewale from St. Louis. He was a starter in St. Louis. Um, and James Musa, who's a former Phoenix center back, went on loan last year to Minnesota United uh, MLS uh, squad and played some games. And he's back now. He should be very good for them. So, and then finally, Old Faithful Zach Lubin 
is back in net. Mm-hmm. Zach Lubin will be will be their keeper. Like Who is a beast? Name. What? I like his last name. Lubin. Lubin. From what's that Harry Potter? Lupin. Lupin. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Close. Very close. Um. So that's Phoenix. That's who they've brought in. That's who they've gotten rid of. They overall they're a team that plays fast. They play hard. They press well. They're a team that's going to play with great chemistry. They have returned a lot of those core players. And they get the ball to their playmakers. They get the ball up top to those guys that finish and finish well. Um, I don't finish think, with their hands. Finish with their hands. Solomon is salty. Yes, I don't want to talk about it. I'm okay. still salty. Okay. I'll be salt. I'll I'll be less salty if we beat them. Yeah, and and then and then we can talk about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> they'll have plenty of chances to play. Yes, um, but I don't think anything will be different this year. I maybe keep an eye on that back line, maybe, but in all likelihood. Look for Phoenix to be one of, if not the best teams in the West, again this year. Okay, so this is what Dundalk FC have. Stanton played 18 times for Rising as they went on to win the USL Western Conference, but on the onset of COVID and with the projected late start of the 2021 USL season, saw him return to Scotland at the end of last year, paving the way for a move to the SSE Artisanal League in January 2021. What? I guess that's what the league is called is he scottish is he playing in scotland or is he playing in ireland he's playing in ireland where is dundalk i don't know <laughs> that sounds to me irish but i'm <laughs> i believe it's irish because i saw this but i thought he was i thought he was like on loan there and coming back yeah it's ireland what? yeah well they've only played four games so. they're gonna be yeah. relegated <laughs> they're in the relegation zone well they've only played four games Wait, they, how did they restart the season? Isn't Rangers in that? Did they restart? Uh, okay. No, no, that's not. Scotland. That's not. That's yeah. No, that's this Scotland. is Ireland. I'm that's sorry. a completely different country. This is. Don't, didn't we just sign an Irish player from the Irish league? Yeah, Dan Casey. Dan Casey. Yeah, yeah. Who I Hulk smash? I, I believe really he like was him. signed for the four games against Phoenix. Like yeah, literally. He, he sub on in the eighty fifth. Like, red card in the eighty seven. There's a small one <laughs> called Solomon. <laughs> Sit on him. Yes. <laughs> Make him wish he were never born. <laughs> Hulk Take smash. his hands and break them. <laughs> we will get you out of jail for this one. Yeah. <laughs> we will bail you out and of jail. And then we'll send you back to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, my, this is my kind of thought on Phoenix. One, I hate them because they have yeah. a lot of yep. money. Two, have you seen the picture of, the, of their new stadium and training facility? Yeah, I think that's it really looks pretty nice. nice. The problem is I like it. Yeah. So like... So, okay, like location-wise, it's kind of weird, but it's on an Indian reservation, which means it's like down the road from a casino. So I could see people being like, okay, I'll drive the 45 minutes out there and I'll just like make a weekend of it. Like I'll gamble on Friday (laughs) and then I'll like, you know, chill by the pool Saturday afternoon and then like Saturday evening is the game and then I'll gamble again (laughs) and then I'll go home the next day. And then I'll go home like, you know, Saturday or Sunday afternoon and like, like it could be a fun if it's not a weekend, like you could make it like at least a night of it or like make yeah. a Saturday of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that's annoying. And also like the fact that they have like two, two training fields and like an actual like training facility. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's nice. And like their stadium like isn't terrible. Yeah. It's just annoying. And I hate them. Yep. For multiple reasons. Well, is that it, Zach? That, that is it, Scott. Do you want to finish us off with Las Vegas? I will try my best to finish you off with Las Vegas. So unfortunately... <laughs> what is the wink i don't know what the wink is i'm sorry they Just both keep going uh okay 
No, no. <laughs> there are no ad breaks, Nolan. <laughs> oh, that's that not what it. we're talking that about. That was not it. Okay. But now that you mention it, <laughs> no, this episode no, no. is brought to you by Harry's Rings <laughs> no, it and Manscaped. Oh, my God. <laughs> we wow. can provide you with the tools yeah. you need for your family jewels. Just oh use smile. promo code 916Republic at checkout. Oh, my gosh. Don't use that code. <laughs> it won't work. Okay, so uh, Vegas. Yes. Vegas, like six weeks ago, I, I think... Um, were not bought by, but I guess invested by somehow by LAFC, the Major League Soccer team. Uh. So they are now running the soccer operations for Las Vegas, which is good because Las Vegas has been trash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they do money jobs. They do whatever, fan engagement. Okay, cool. It's Vegas. You have to be gimmicky. Like We make fun of it because it is dumb in our eyes, but like it works for them. Okay. Yeah. But soccer-wise, they've been bad. So they get LAFC to run the soccer side. So what that's going to mean is there's going to be a lot of young guys coming through Vegas. The problem for us as Sacramento fans is LAFC is a very well-run organization. Mm-hmm. If they are making this investment, it's probably well thought out, right? So this is going to be an avenue for them to take their young players that they would normally loan out to Orange County, to uh, Phoenix, to different teams across the USL and put them in one localized spot. That's only three hours away from LA itself. They've even said that Vegas lights will train in LA and drive to Vegas and play their game. Like (laughs) they will be with the first team. That's not good for us because what that means is you're going to have those six to eight to 10 players at the end of your MLS roster that you're going to be able to pull from. Plus the 10 to 15 guys that you're going to sign for, the lights that are all going to be training with Carlos Vela, with uh, Mark Anthony K, with all all of those really good players at LAFC, and they're going to be under the eyes of Bob Bradley, who's he's been a good coach. He's a oh, good, yeah. He's he's not just an, a good American coach. He's just a good coach. Yep. So that's not good for us. However, prediction wise, they only have nine players signed. I'm not even going to tell you who they are because it doesn't matter. Like they are going to sign probably five to six more guys mm-hmm. uh, before the season starts in like three weeks or two weeks or whatever it is. I think it's 12 days, actually. Roro. They just sign Roro. That sounds like a terrible idea for them, though, because they want to go young. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're going to sign more guys. So we don't we don't even know who those guys are going to be. And they're going to have a bunch of players loaned down from LAFC. So it, it doesn't do an, us any good to examine the players they have now because the roster isn't done yet. That's number one. Number two, we can probably predict that the play style will be similar to what LAFC does. So it's probably going to be a 4-3-3. It's probably going to be heavy possession. It's probably going to be quick one-touch passing. It's probably going to be dynamic wingers. Um, I could see Vegas being just like the typical two-team, right? They're going to be bad at the beginning, so you want to play them early on in the season, but then they're going to get better. And like two-thirds of the way through the season, something will click in them where they will know who their kind of their their 18 is they their 18 will know like their 18 man roster mm-hmm. their 18 man roster will know what everybody's role is and uh they'll just know how to execute what the coach is asking so we are going to have to be vigilant i think of lafc or sorry not lafc but vegas later on in the season early on in the season especially with basically no preseason because they're still signing guys which they could have already signed and in training camp and just not announced Mm -hmm. but i think we need to 
just remember, remind ourselves that this isn't the Vegas of old. Yes, there's still going to be kind of the gimmicky stuff on game day, but on the field, this is a better run team. And by the way, their coach is Steve Chirundolo, which if you are a U.S. men's national team fan for a while, you'll know that name because he played 16 years uh, for Hanover in Germany when they were in the Bundesliga. He's one of the most decorated American players to play, like in Europe. He has one of the most decorated European careers. He uh, was an assistant with the U.S. men's national team for one camp when they were in uh, in Germany. Um, he has been an assistant with the German U-15s. He's been an assistant with Hanover and Stuttgart uh, with their in their youth academies and with the first teams. He knows player development. He knows high-level youth players. So bringing him in to run what you would assume is going to be something a system that he's familiar with, that doesn't make me feel good about our chances of defeating them later on in the season. So I don't, I, I don't think this is a, 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 an LAFC team. Just looking at the guys they signed, like none of those guys scare me, but they all remind me of guys that LAFC would sign and put as like, oh, this is the 32nd or the 33rd guy on our roster who we're just going to loan out anyway. Mm-hmm. So the nine guys that they have signed kind of all remind me of that type of player, a, a guy that they want to develop and they want to spend the capital on developing. Maybe that was like the fourth guy that they wanted to sign and they got the first three and there's now there's no room on the roster. They liked him. They just couldn't sign him. Or uh, maybe, you know, a a guy that um, they liked but was injured or a guy that they liked but was an international or a guy that they liked but uh, was maybe planning on going to college and then decided whatever it is, right? So I think that using LAFC's scouting network to sign those guys doesn't make me feel good as well because they didn't just do do these signings on a whim they thought it through um so i think with uh with uh, las vegas partnering with lafc that's not good but i don't know how long this partnership is going to last because i could very easily see lafc just kind of running things there for like two years and then pulling out and putting all of their players into the upcoming mls u23 league that's been announced so um all in all I think they will be just like your typical MLS two team. Yep. Dang. Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. But the The problem is like, I can't be like, Oh, they're bringing back this guy. They're bringing back this yeah. guy. They've signed this guy. He's nope. going to play in this position because we gen- we literally have no idea. It's I a revolving even, door. It's I was a- talking with other people in the media and they were like, yeah, we have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have literally have no clue what's happening. Yeah. In Vegas. It's a true farm team. And that's what you get. It's a revolving. That is door. weird that their partnership is not, it's indefinite. Or like that I it, no it could be for two years. Like that I, 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 I couldn't, I remember reading stuff, but it was like, I don't know. Yeah. What it, like, we had that with, but what I'm saying is like, it, they could be like, yes, we are part owners. And then in two years sell. Yeah. So like, okay. That's more my prediction of like, yeah, I could they're see more involved. Them, yeah, yeah. I could see them, uh, being here for two years and then pulling out or okay. being here for four years and pulling out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like it's the Seattle Sounders true two team where they have literally invested every right. single dollar for that team or LA Galaxy 2 or whatever it is. This is a, yeah. That's, a Reno San Jose type arrangement. Yeah, kind of more like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So my only kind of final thought is it'll be interesting to see the dynamic of mm-hmm. Vegas because before it was you had this kind of a eccentric owner who thought llamas would be funny as their mascot <laughs> and cast yeah. drops and dances, you know, d- d- whatever. Like, yeah. You know, 
stuff was all the kind of crazy stuff. and that kind of flowed into their soccer on the field they had former mexican national team guys that were like 37 and on one leg they had kind of interesting coaching decisions uh with guys that were proven but not really proven or proven like 40 years ago and not really now you know what i'm saying like the craziness translated into the front office into the player signings but now you don't have that it's gonna be weird going like oh we're going to this party ah and then like oh hey here's this 18 year old that's like a youth national team guy or here's Mm -hmm. this guy that made a really smart decision to not play in college and go pro with basically LAFC's reserve yeah. team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that'll be a different... I wonder if it'll be a different dynamic. Well, in club culture, I feel like LAFC is the, the club team that's like, yeah, we party, and but we do it successfully. Like, we're the fun club that's yeah. successful. Yeah. So it's, like, similar in that regard, I yeah, guess. Yeah, like, so. we party hard, but we know that the pressure is on. And like, we deliver. Yep. I, I 100% agree with that. So, Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's going to be a tough division, and we'll probably get into that next episode of what that means for Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's only been like 45 minutes. Yeah, we did We, we did, did well. We did do well. We did, we did good. We did well. Any it's other concise, final thoughts sweet. about this past month for, for Sac Republic? Um, anything, anything you guys want to add before we get out of here? Honestly, I kind of want to save it for next episode. Yeah. I want to save those talks. We definitely had a very episode. interesting conversation right before the show yeah. started, and yeah. we said, I th- okay, we need to make a full segment of this. Yeah. So, okay. Nolan, anything else? You already said your ad, so there can't be anything else. (laughs) My ad read. uh, (laughs) Okay. I can't think of anything else. Great. This is great. I love this game. (laughs) Great content. All right, guys. Well, as always, glory, glory. Sacramento. Sacramento.